Good afternoon and welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Sequoia, who is here to speak with us about her experience of stewarding the monastery kitchen. Welcome, Sequoia. Hi, Jen. Welcome to hey. me. <laughs> I was going to say welcome to you, but welcome to me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is nice to be here, actually, now that you mention it. <laughs> Good. So... Yeah, thank you so much for being with us on this topic. I know there's probably way more than 10 minutes that you could speak about it, but where where should we start? Good question. Um, you know, it just drops in, let's start at the very beginning, um, hmm. which I, I'm not sure where that is, but um, uh, Fairy Kitchen um, has been a gift. And, uh, you know, I've been looking at this because, of course, I knew I was going to be on the show today. And um, and the transformations that have happened um, in that time. Mm. And, um, you know, like most tasks that we get to do at the monastery and even at home and just with practice in general, you know, ego gets rubbed away. Um, mm mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, with if whatever we're willing we're, for it, <laughs> if we're willing for yeah. it, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't feel like we're too. But I guess in showing up and just practicing, that's exactly we're it. Our willingness, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, truly, truly. Yeah. Um, and I was just, you know, thinking about. I, I think uh, I can't even remember how long I've been stewarding the kitchen now, uh, actually. Um, but I, I do remember that when I, I began, uh, I really thought I had something to do. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. and I think that's been one of the biggest, um, transformations is <laughs> just realizing really there is nothing to do. Um, there is just getting out of the way and letting life do. So that's such a great image, especially in that venue, Sequoia. So at first, really feeling like there's something to do. And, you know, as you were first talking, I was just seeing how, this is certainly my experience from having had time in the kitchen, that there's a way in which that, that role in the kitchen and working meditation in the kitchen is different than other things in the sense that, okay, so I'm going to weed in the garden, and I start when working meditation starts, and I stop when the bell rings. I mean, that's relatively straightforward. It's not that I won't see all the karmic processes that happen for me in the course of that, which is the whole point. And with the kitchen, that when the bell rings, there are a lot of people who are going to be expecting to sit down to eat something. <laughs> so, so it does have a compelling nature of there's something to do here. And so it sounds yeah. like in working with it, what you've really realized is it's not a doing, it's a getting out of the way and allowing and just mm-hmm. kind of being an instrument for it happening. Truly. And that was a big, big learning for me. And it continues to be, um, as you say, that that um, it sure looks like on the surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you've really got to do something here. You know, there's yeah. going to be folks coming to eat and it's just not like you can hang it up and say well we'll pick it up again at you know exactly. sorry about that lunch didn't get made so, <laughs> <Sorry> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and and then but oh it's so beautiful i mean but then the 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 um the possibility in that is that you find out you move beyond content um that it you know it's not that that being and allowing life to 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 be life's hands has nothing to do with the particular role you're playing or even if there is a ballot you know in the yeah. in the meal has to get on you know it, uh, mm-hmm. for me it's just been a learning that um to just be present and to if there's uh you know you get to if life needs to call in more hands you call in more okay. hands you know it's right. not up to me it's not yeah. up to this me Seriously. yeah 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 it's not up to me it's not about me that there really mm-hmm. is a way in which you, you've you really seen that in working in the kitchen, yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. if more hands need to be brought in, you know, for a certain thing to happen, then great. Communicate mm-hmm. and bring more hands in. It's not up to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's really not up to me. And, uh, yeah, I sure thought it was in the beginning. <laughs> Wait, well, when you said the other piece of it you said, was it really, because of the nature of it, it really has been an invitation, a gift to go beyond content, which then becomes, I would imagine, applicable in all areas. It does become applicable in all areas because, boy, you know, it has been, that content thing has been compelling. Like, well, yeah, that's good for you to say, you know. (laughs) But, you know, I have this particular content and, 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 and to, yeah, and to get to see, no, it's about the process. It doesn't matter what you're doing, and that does carry over into all areas of of life. And you know, to to yeah, to just realize. And people will talk about that, you know, in in yeah. those times where we did have people on the property. Remember those, and when we'd have mm-hmm. retreat. Yes. People. Yes. Right. Pe- people will talk about that sense of tasting the care in the food, tasting the presence mm-hmm. that it can really be felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which is just another one of the gifts of that, um, of that role. And the, yeah. And, and the tasting, the, the uh, care in the food, of course, comes from that care that life extends to us, you know, yeah. and, and just watching life create beauty uh, watching life create, um, it, that's been one of the gifts for me too, you know, to just watch, um, yeah, for life to extend that care and that beauty and, um, and, and to, and to, <laughs> it's been, it's one of the ways um, that I, you know, to just follow life's prompt, like, it it yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's just constantly talking to us and for me it seems to be easy to hear it in that particular area uh-huh and and sequoia not to put you on the spot but that's so interesting do you have a specific examples with that a way that that shows up in the in your role well, in the yeah. kitchen well i to me i don't know this may seem very um basic but you know, I'm I'm constantly amazed 
and delighted and surprised uh, to to just hear life, you know, whispering like, uh, oh, do you remember the da-da-da-da on the the stove? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and to just, and oh, you know, uh, oh, there's that thing that hasn't, that's in the refrigerator that has to be used up and it might go right here, you know, and just things like that. That like, and, you know, and then sometimes just, you know, um, yeah, an example doesn't come to mind right now, but like, it's, it's just so amazingly uh, in my face, like, wow, (laughs) wow, I'm not doing this on my own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the ones that I project is one of the things I notice is how colorful and beautiful the food is. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I've heard you talk before about the colors of, of mm-hmm. planning a menu and that that's mm-hmm. a piece of what goes in. It drops in, oh, some orange with the, you know, ha-ha, mm-hmm. that, that creativity mm-hmm. that gets brought to it. Yeah. I project as an example of what you're talking about, where things just drop in. There, yes. And it's, it's so interesting to just watch the particular way life expresses through each of us and yeah. you know that this is the way life wants to extend itself through sequoia you know yeah. um I, I, I was just writing about that it, it's it's i see that same process I, I some i arrange flowers too and i see that same process in the flowers whatever that is is the particular way that life just expresses yeah. Um, and yeah. it's a delight. It's just a delight to say, give it over to life and go, go for it. You know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, it's, which is exactly what you started with. So I'm not going to do arranging flowers. I'm not going to do a menu. I'm going to show mm-hmm. up, be here for it and allow it to happen through mm-hmm. Tagoya. Yeah. You know, which yeah. leads me, I know, you know, we can go a couple minutes over Sequoia. So sorry for this huge question right at the end, but it just leads me to what's your sense of kind of what would you say is your favorite part of the role or a favorite part? Hmm. Well, you know, yeah. Well, I think it is just sharing that uh, the gifts that life extends, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. yeah, I've been aware of those, those gifts for a while and I just really had a deep desire to want to be able to share them with more than just Mm. me, you know? Mm. And so uh, it's just, yeah, to be able to just, um, I I don't know how to express it, but yeah, to just, yeah, to be the hands of life. And it's a joy to do that. You know, it's like, this is what life wants to do, and I, I get to allow it to do it. Yeah. Or to, and to it, be the expression of that. Yeah. Exactly. But you get, and, and as you say, it shows up in the flower arrangements, exact same process, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That there's just this mm-hmm. gift. It's not my gift. It's not my doing. It's nothing yeah. that I, you know, but it, what a joy it is to, to show up and be willing for that gift to be given. And I project that that's a gift given to you, you know, in the sense of being mm-hmm. able to channel that, if you will. And then it truly is a gift for everyone who sits down to those meals or you know, yeah. walks in the meditation hall and makes gusho to those exquisite flower arrangements. 
Yeah. Life gives to life and life enjoys life. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> exactly. It takes all the form. And, you know, and, and then there's that little thrill that, that just happens when it, I don't know, you yeah. just look at it and you just feel that presence of, yeah. um, you know, just, Life is beautiful, and yeah, there it, it is, is expressing itself, it and is. it's just a thrill. So it is, and you know, just quickly before we go, Sequoia, that reminds me so much of what Sherry will talk about when someone will, you know, compliment her on a book that she's written or you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and how she always talks about that she can completely take also just right alongside that person mm-hmm. take the light because she's clear. I didn't do it. <laughs> and so, yeah. right, that same sitting down to a meal that, quote, I cooked, but being yeah. able, so seeing that it's not about me, that being able to delight in it just like anyone yeah. else who's, who's experiencing yeah. it gets to. You, yeah, truly, you just get to stand side by side with everybody else and go, God, isn't yeah. that fun? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Check wow. that out. Look uh, what happened. Check yeah. it out. Oh, isn't that <laughs> so? And, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It is. Well, and thank you for being with us this afternoon to talk about it. Really fun. Oh, thank you, Jen. It was great. Took me right there. And, yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just had a great meal with life. So thank you. Exactly. And a beautiful flower arrangement. Yeah. yeah thank you, exactly. Sequoia. Thank you, Jen. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. And Michael, we'll turn the show over to you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Sequoia. Good afternoon, and welcome to Open Air, and good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Hey. That was an exciting conversation. I loved it. Oh, I did too. And, you know, it's a very traditional Zen uh, thing, right, that at the monastery, the cook is one of the most difficult jobs that you've ever got to, you've got to do. <laughs> yes. It requires such a level of presence and the office of the Tenzo, as it was known as, is the, is that, is the office that usually the most, uh, what do you call it, the most advanced practitioners have to do because of the level of attention you've got to bring to the job and the level of caring and it's serving the community of monks and the community of people who eat at the monastery. I mean, just a, it's just it's just delightful to 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 see that in in the lineage sense, right? Yes, 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 and I really enjoyed that sense of really. I was projecting delight in Sequoia's mm-hmm. role, enjoying the role, mm-hmm. and not a sense of pressure or getting it right, or you know, not even that she's even doing it. And uh, yes. it's, it's fabulous. Well, and you and I both know, right, Michael, we've eaten such wonderful meals at the monastery. Yes. And yes. That, that is, somehow or the other, when presence cooks the meal, one gets to really, really enjoy the results. It's delicious. <laughs> yes, yes, the result yeah, is delicious. Yeah, it's at the monastery That's too, sure. right? The, everything is, everything, there's, it's organic, it's well-balanced, it's thought through. You never repeat the same meal twice over the course of a certain period of time. Uh, there's variety. Every, every cuisine in the world is represented. I mean, it's just, it's just a fascinating practice place. Yes, yes. And I love that sense that Sequoia was talking about of life just sort of continually 
talking to her in the kitchen of, oh yeah, remember the thing on the stovetop, or oh yeah, that thing in the fridge, that could go here. And it's just that yeah. it's like the genius of presence, sort of putting all the pieces together without any work. Yes, otherwise it's you know you could we we have these uh, uh, TV shows and things about how how stressful the job of the chef is <laughs> and yes. everybody around them sweating and cursing and the high <laughs> yes. stress of a kitchen and our kitchen is not like that maybe our interior landscapes are but there's such a way that if awareness is allowed to manage all of the details it's a very yes. uh, it's such a wonderful it's a wonderful. Uh, uh, co-creating experience. <laughs> yeah, right. Otherwise, it's yes. Just imagine cooking for forty people, three meals a day on retreat. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, so, leave gacho to our cook. Yes, yes, fabulous. And I have announcements here. Thank you. Conditioned mind is constantly framing what we can and cannot see. As awareness practitioners, we need a mirror, a framework that will assist us in seeing what we don't know we're missing. Join Sherry and Ashwini for What We Don't See, a series of three Sunday morning workshops to look at what obscures seeing beyond the veils of conditioned limitations. The workshop is for three Sundays, June 13th, this coming Sunday, the 20th and 27th. And I think, Michael, the registration closes for that probably on Thursday or Friday. So if you want to be in the workshops, just sign up for it. Okay, great. And Reflective Listening Buddies is one of our longest-lived and most popular programs for a reason. There is no other support quite like it for practicing presence, with participants required to show up for themselves and another every week for 30 minutes. A new quarter starts July 15th. And is conditioning talking you out of a commitment that you really want to keep? If so, and if you would like some support, sign up for the Keeping Commitments Buddy Program beginning July 15th. Participants will be paired with the buddy for accountability and support during this kind and compassionate training. And a few reminders for today. If you'd like to talk with Ashwini, you can press star six and then one to make Ash show and get in the queue. And a conversation on one topic and about five minutes in length would be great. Okay, Ashwini, I think we are ready. Great. First caller. You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Good evening, Ashwini and Michael. This is Virginia. Hi, Virginia. Hey, Virginia. Hi. Hi. Um, well, I'm delighted to be on the call, and I called because I wanted to kind of refresh what we talked about yesterday because I feel like this is kind of a, one that the ego is going to try and um, sneak in and, and grab me on if I... If I'm not really good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I have listened to what we talked about yesterday. And, um, well, I'm, I'll just say a few the points that came up. Um, the idea of focusing on the process of love and not the content. 
And, and that is like the refocus of attention that helps us start, step out of the karmic process. And, and this idea that I can't be generous when I'm starving. None of us, we can't be generous when we're starving. It was very touching for me to, to you know, to um, really consider that. Um, yeah, for myself and for, for the others, people involved too. So, and so, then, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Hang on, Regina. Let me just set a little context for anyone who is on the show who was not on our call yesterday. But this is just related to a family matter and a communication that was, uh, that was unkind. And you received an email and you were looking to see how, not to, how you realized, right, that this, this karmic dance is multi-generational. It's just been going from one family uh, generation to the other in your, in your, in your experience. And mm-hmm. you were able to, to disidentify from it and not take it personally. And so yeah. what we talked about in responding to this communication is to redirect the attention from, because you're disidentified from taking it personally, to a place where you exit the karmic dance. So instead of participating in the karma as you would, where can you come from in order to not participate, not perpetuate the karma and the redirecting yes. love? So here, here yes. I am, that's what I choose to be, and what would love say? Rather than addressing the content, which is what conditioning wants us to focus on, right? Fix the yes. circumstances, explain yourself, justify yourself, defend yourself, correct the other person. It's all, it's all in aid of separation, but right. if I don't respond to any of the content, but I come from that process of love, what would the communication be about? Yeah, exactly. Thanks for summarizing that. That was perfect. Um, yes. And the second point you made is also true, right? So within the karma, everybody is uh, focused on what's in it for them, right? My position, what's, what I'm not getting, what I, what I, what I need. And what you just pointed out is it's impossible to be generous from that place when I'm, in, I'm engaged in a conversation where uh, I'm, I'm being judged and there's no generosity uh, coming towards me in that conversation, right? And so if there's something right. that I need and I want and I, I don't feel whole, then how can I, how can I be uh, loving to someone else if there's no kindness that I'm ex- experiencing from those voices in my head? Yes, exactly. That exactly. It's, that's exactly it. It's like when I'm listening to the voice of self-hatred. That you know, it's like I'm. I hate myself, and therefore I'm starving. I mean, I, I'm really, really starving for love and acceptance. And and then how can I um, offer that to anyone else? And was not really mention, that's what we're looking for. It right. Uh, right. but here from the people we care about the most, love is our currency. And so here I am with my begging bowl, attempting to get the love and the connection I need from this person who's supposed to give it to me and isn't, right? right. There's so much love that somehow or the other, the ego in me and the ego in them is going to make sure that that connection never happens, that love, that love even if it's there, isn't the basis of our relationship. Right, Yeah. Right, yeah, the focus, in other words, the focus will stay on hatred or self-hatred. Yeah. Yeah. Or other projected outward other hatred, right? Right, and project, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So um, just one other thought I had on this, Ashwini, is, you know, um, 
you suggested a couple of different ways to um, get out of the karmic process, one being to drop the conversation, and another one was if you know your role in this karmic dance, just don't do the role, you know, don't do that, do something else. And um, so I'm just going to say that the karmic role that I usually take would, it would be kind of like fade away, you know, like don't respond, hate myself, and then feel bad, hate other people like that. And and and, and so what, so is that as a, so did you, uh, let me just ask a clarifying question there, right, Virginia? Is it something that you said that, that uh, from a place of identification that produced a backlash and so your response is usually just to fade away? Is that how, the, how it played out? Or did somebody say something to you that caused you to feel uh, upset or hurt or disappointed and therefore you, don't, you fade away because that was not what you were expecting? That that the second one you said is is how this original thing started. That's that's uh-huh. correct. That's how it originally yeah, so started. Yeah, someone said something unkind, and it really really upset you. And right. and so then when you the the karmic role is not to say anything, not right. to say you were upset, not to say uh, you took it personally, not to say not to say that it upset your feelings or any of those right. things that it hurt right. your feelings. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right. And and it, yeah. yeah. Boy, I wish, I wish I could turn back the hands of time on that. And, um, and, and so there's potential to do that again, which is, would be for me to, you know, take it personally and not respond. Or, or even the ego would tell me, you know, the best way to deal with this is just don't respond because it's pretty volatile and what could you possibly say, you know? Um, yeah. Well, that's, a, that's an important place, right, Virginia, because that's, so first of all, to, to really, this is the opportunity to take care of whatever is going on for you around feeling upset and getting your feelings hurt, right? Because clearly there's something that, that you've got to encounter and see through there. there there's, yeah. some, there's something that's going on for you that, that's important to, to see and see through. And you, you may have to have this interaction another hundred times before you see through it. Or you could, you could look at it and explore. I mean, that could be the difference in the karmic situation where you get really clear about why this is upsetting to you and why you would want to withdraw and why you want the relationship with this, first person, this person in the first place and why do you want them to be nice to you, right? You could do yeah. all of that exploration. At, I mean, the karmic situation would be to fade away, but also not to face what it is that, this uh, op- this workshop is all about for you. Okay, I I, I have let some I, I I let it in. I hear what you're saying, even though there's a big pushback. But I do I agree with you. I Virginia agree with you. Ego does not, but I do. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And so that that itself is you know so long as you so long as you can have a different relationship with the circumstance because I think you might have noticed by now with this family person the circumstance. Is never going to change. The karma is never going to change, right? Right. right. And so you you get the, the smallest step in not participating in the karma dance could just be to get clear on on why you why this causes you so much suffering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, why it causes me so much suffering, why I have an expectation that this person should should be kind to me or should like me or whatever. It's, That's right. It's like some you're saying there's a conditioned belief or process in the back or assumption playing out. Yeah, and you might look at it and go, actually, I don't need that. Or actually, yeah, you know, that, that, that's the, when you record and listen about that, perhaps there will be a clarity that comes up for you that will be another, a next step. You know, mm-hmm. you, might, you might listen to it and go, well, actually, you know, it, and largely, right, in all relationships, right, Virginia, the, the, the step that you will take depends on whether you want to continue the relationship or not. If you're going to have an ongoing relationship with someone, then you truly have a very different perspective about what you do in order to stay in the relationship, non-karmically, of course, than if you're not interested in the relationship. Because sometimes you're in that relationship because it's karmic, right? And you realize, okay, well, you know, uh, I've looked at it, and I really don't need to be in this relationship. And part of what you do is end the relationship. So not communicating, not saying what's going on for you, not attempting to connect in an authentic way, maybe you're out. Yeah. But if this is someone who you want in your life and you want to have a good interaction with, then dealing with what's going on for you is the first step. And then being able to engage in a way that's not personal but is authentic, might also drop in, in your recording and listening process. But what would you want to say that would yeah. come from a centered place that would be about you and not about them or what you expect or what your, the needs that were not met or, or whatever, right? I mean, that's yeah. the exploration because for me, I, I don't know what, I, I, it, it, life's not, it's, not, it's not my karma, so it's not arising for me in terms of what I might say with, say to this person yeah. if I want to be in a relationship with them. But you, as you work through it, it might become clear to you. You might yeah. just want to say completely without any charge, you know, that I was really hurt by that. I wish, I wish we could, you know, interact with each other in a way that was kind. And that mm-hmm. could have been, that could be it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. I love you so much, and it just seems so hard that I can't, that is not, that is not how, what gets expressed when we interact with each other. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, hmm. Okay, thanks, Ashwini. There's a lot there. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. A lot to explore, a lot to explore. And Say so that again. I, think the first, I said a lot to explore, and I think Sherry mentioned this on the show, right? Just because the email came in, you don't right. have to feel ego's urgency to respond or right. to react. Right. And your non-response does not mean that it's the karmic place of withdrawal because you've chosen this to be the rich workshop that you're going to explore right. what's going on for you, what's going on uh, that in, this, in this whole circumstance, you get a little yeah. bit of clarity and then decide whether or not to respond. But you certainly are not doing the ego thing of withdrawing. Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Really no. engaged in the exploration. Especially now that we've talked twice on it. I'm like, now. I'm all. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, Sashwini. I want to let you go for now, but like, I guess I'll be talking about this again. <laughs> yes. Good for you. The whole okay. communication book is about it. Oh, great. Okay. okay. 
Great. I'll, I'll All right. read the book too. Thank you. Thanks, Ashwini. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us, Virginia. And that's a rich subject, Ashwini relationships, and I could see I could see oh all of it in myself too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's why we break it down and don't suffer communicate, right? Because it's all we always come to after the interaction is over, and there's so much that everybody thinks gets resolved with the other person, right? Rather than first <laughs> getting clear about what's going on for me and what, where's the ego and how much do I want to practice with this and all of that before I even talk to another person. <laughs> yes, 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 so. exactly so. And we have another caller here. Okay. Next caller. You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, can you hear me? I uh, heard, can hello? you hear me? But I didn't hear who this was. Or oh, this is Jill. This is Jill in Philadelphia. Hi, Jill. Yes. Oh, hi, Jill. Jill. Yes, yes, hi. Hi, hi, sorry. Um, well, um, I am just in step with the last conversation, and um, which is one of the reasons why I called. But can I just make a plug for the Monastery Cookbook before we go on to that? Because <laughs> Yes, of course, please. I mean, listening to Sequoia and Jen, I mean, I was just transported back. And I, for this pandemic, like, that I started out like one or two recipes. That is like my main cookbook right now. <laughs> and um, I just made the coleslaw. I just made the green velvet soup. I mean, it's just really, it's just so great. I mean, there's one soup recipe that doesn't require an onion, which is can be like a time-consuming, you know, mm -hmm. like a, if I'm trying to manage my time. And it's so simple, so easy. And um, it's really, it's been a lifesaver. So... Um, and it takes you back to, to all those hours you spent in the kitchen chopping vegetables, right? And sitting down after a long work day or the first day of retreat with, with, the, with, the, with the soup and cornbread. And it takes us back, right, Jill? Absolutely. <laughs> we all got together. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I, I was not, I didn't know my way around the kitchen. Uh, and I have definitely learned to really enjoy it. Um, and the cookbook is a big part of it. I mean, it's just when you get that food at the end, you're like, wow, this is really like yes. some, of the, some of the best. In the yeah, world. like Victoria, life, life cooks, right? Because I had nothing to do with it. Exactly, exactly. It's like, wow, it's just, I mean, yeah, I just love that conversation. And yeah, that cookbook is really amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm a little tired right now, but um, I really wanted to get on and talk about this um, incredible experience I had. And that keeps, you know, this experience keeps revealing more about it. Um, but it was, um, it happened with the prompt that Sherry gave about like looking at projection. It was a conversation a couple of weeks ago, I think. And I think the caller was kind of framing projection as possibly like a bad thing. And um, Sherry's invitation was like, well, why don't you, you know, I, everyone should look at projection. And um, I just had this like, I don't know, it just feels like a milestone experience where um, I saw that if I reveal my projection and, I, well, I'll just tell you this one instance. So I revealed the projection, but I also 
somehow it was the projection was allowed to change within the conversation and um, that I had not seen that before that that I could um, have a projection that is um, I'm not attached to you know and and it just a lot about that dropped in around the language of like own the projection and um, uh, I don't know if we say if it said that way recently but um, yeah I don't know I just had never seen the power of revealing what the projection is using the handles like what's just uh, talked about uh, and it's talked about a lot in the book and then just allowing it to like take a different shape um, and um, and it kind of um, I don't know it kind of I don't it, I, anyway I don't know and then I was like oh great can you give me an example because I'm not sure I'm following so you were projecting in the conversation in your head oh this person is XYZ and then you actually said it but when you when you own the projection, you said, I project that, and it actually wasn't what was in your head. It was just something different. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that uh-huh. I feel, I think that my brother is this way, and then I'm having a conversation with him, and I kind of reveal, I kind of, I don't, you know, say, are you this way? I just, whatever, it just kind you of comes I around. You feel it. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. This, and Got then it... it and then it um, it came back like, oh, actually, there's this other dimension to it, and um, it just kind of I don't know. It was like a it's so funny to ex- to try and explain spiritual experiences, right? It's like, oh god, it's just yes. like. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so are you saying that? So first, so, so you said you the the, the the ego projection, or I don't know if it was a life projection or ego projection, but a projection of okay, so he is this way, and then you, own, you sort of reveal the projection and the conversation to the other person, and, the, and perhaps the other person added a dimensionality to it, and then it came back to you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. That, the, that this projection thing is, uh, it, I don't know, I guess we're in previous assumptions I had about it was that I always project in this way or something. Um, and... Um, what I saw was is that when they're revealed or when they become part of a um, relationship, uh, um, yeah, when they're revealed in a relationship, like that there's something about that projection that can change. I mean, it sounds change. so obvious uh-huh. when I say No, what? no, uh, no, really. no, I'm finally with you, Jill. I'm sorry. I'm trying to distract. But oh, no, no, no. The project, the revealing the projection allowed you to uh, sort of, um, realize that you're not attached to the projection. In other words, just because you yes. thought that somebody was this way, uh, that could change because in revealing the projection, it was almost like sharing your process and have somebody else come back and say what they were thinking about or give you some background, and then you just go, wait a second, then that belief is no longer true because of the information I received. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, there's, uh, you know, my mother's having this health crisis. And so what is being revealed is the veil that of, of um, all the all the communication, this the unspoken communication laws that exist in the family. Right. And so yeah. they're, they're so entrenched. And, um, yeah. but in, but because of this health crisis, we can't 
get the information that we need or want if we follow the, these old rules. So it's forcing everybody to kind of like not only um, break the rules, but to confront um, what, what was keeping them from doing that in the first place. Um, and um, it's this crazy process, but that um, was that one instance really uh, revealed to me like, oh, so there's all of this like, it's sort of like what has been talked about recently about this like multi-generational generational karma, which mm -hmm. is like, it's really, really stuck. But, and there's so much um, fear about revealing, about cr not revealing like what is not, you know, allowed to be revealed. Um, and then when I, so I had that moment of like, I revealed something, uh, which was essentially a projection that I had. And um, it was just so wild to just watch it kind of disappear in some ways. Um, like it yeah. just completely changed. Yeah, well, I can see why it was such a spiritual experience, right, Jill, because it's almost impossible to explain it all. Because you're talking about my great 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 grandfather. <laughs> yeah, it completely in a flash something gets resolved that that is has been locked in a karmic equation of beliefs and identities and of uh, 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 the the dance is already pre-configured and it's always danced that way. And mm -hmm. there's such a level, as you said, of fear of being vulnerable, right? Because if I reveal what's going on for me, then uh, we could say it's the ego fear that the dance won't go the way it always went. The, the dance mm -hmm. going this way is, is presupposes everybody playing their role, everybody having their projections, everybody being who they are in that equation. And then here there is a circumstance that requires a different dance. Mm -hmm. And so it shakes things up, and then you, you basically are now allowed to step outside that rigid uh, program and discover the possibilities that never existed before. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah, like, powerful. You know, it's really so one of those waking up experiences, right? Because you wake up from the movie and go, wait a second, I don't have to say this I don't have to play, I mean, to mix the metaphors, I don't have to participate in the script in this way. Yeah, and also um, just, I mean, I was just astounded as what ego was threatening was going to happen, like this is going to destabilize the family and this is going to hurt everybody's feelings and this is, you know, it's going to make my mother feel bad, my father feel bad, all this stuff. But then once you kind of, once I stepped through I mean, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to do this all the time now with this family. Like, it's, it's so much um, more, uh, I don't know, it's more fun, a lot more fun uh, to just reveal yeah. where you're at. And, um, what, well, and what, I would project, right, Jill, that it's two things. One, you, net, you are owning your projection, which is a skill that very few people have, <laughs> Right. I mean, the, the way the, the, ego, the, the ego threatens revelation to be is you're going to say or do something that is so unbearable to, for you and for anyone else. But if I am able to possess that ability to just basically own my projections and it being about my experience without being very clear and skillful about what I'm revealing is about me, then uh, that gives everyone else permission to do that as well. Right, because you are you are making it safe for them by being authentic. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it just felt like that it wasn't um, personal. I mean, it just was like, oh, I have, let me take this out of my pocket and put it between us because this is kind of like sticking in my rib and, um, or my hip and I just, I, I, I want to just get it out of my pocket, you know. So it, it doesn't, it's that sense of like, you know, this doesn't have anything to do with me. And then what I saw recently, too, was like conditioning is trying to make this now into a rule, like that this is the absolute <laughs> answer right here. Yeah, like yeah. this is the solution yeah, to all go. the family problems, and um, you just need to reveal what, and, and so that can come, you know, and that can, you know, not. Uh, so um, so I just was watching that, um, those suggestions come up from conditioning <laughs> and being like, okay, well, oh, yeah. we don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so good to see, too, that it, just because it produced a particular outcome in one particular situation, isn't, it doesn't become the go-to, right? But what, what, is, what I think uh, uh, we, we get from that is the application. Right? So in yes. the sense of there's a possibility here, and I'm going to watch for life to expose that possibility so that I can step through that door. And if it isn't being offered as an opportunity, then I won't. Or if it is and it doesn't go well, I get to be with that. And if it is and it does go well, I get to be with that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it's really been, um, I mean, this this retreat is happening at the perfect time for what's happening with me. So, um, yeah, Deepka show to everybody for it. But, yeah. It's, and it's managing to be fun too. So, um, mm. yeah, so yeah, we can't really. That. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Ashwini. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Michael. Oops, sorry, Jill, I cut you off there. Thank you for joining us. And, Ashwini, I found that conversation so fascinating as well. And I, what dropped in was this sense that presence just can cut through all of that conditioning and as as we talked about i think i think maybe we talked about in the morning show recently we only need one person in the situation to come from (laughs) presence to really assist everybody and that's what i heard in that conversation yeah yeah exactly so we give everybody the permission right when we're when we're present yes yes Mm -hmm. And Ashwini, we're going to hear from our RL training program, and then we'll be back to talk with more callers. Wonderful. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Recording and listening is one of the most powerful tools for ending suffering. RL is based on a radical idea that rather than being lost in a conversation and conditioned mind, we can live in a conversation about what's true, what's real, what's arising in life in the moment. With recording and listening, we develop the powerful skill of directing the attention, enabling us to access the wisdom, love, and compassion that is our authentic nature. We have a six-week virtual class to train in this amazing tool and experience its benefits. Sangha who have taken this class are saying that learning to direct the attention opens up endless possibilities and so often provides clarity and hope. Others report that finding refuge in my own voice 
and strengthening the awareness of the mentor is both transformative and powerful. Now is a great time to sign up with a recording and listening trainer. This class is perfect for brand new folks and old timers alike. To sign up with an individual trainer, simply email rltrainer at livingcompassion.org. Please check the website for quarterly group classes as well. Experience the joy of presence with the support of recording and listening. Welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, I have another caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Vanessa in Corvallis, Oregon. Hi, Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. Hi. Hi. Um, Ashwini suggested I call in. I'm so glad I got on. Um, This is... um, really helpful and mostly I was dealing with feeling annoyed while being in this new situation of living with my mom with dementia Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. helping her and um, yeah so um, you you suggested calling in and here I am. Oh wonderful I'm so glad we get to talk. What have you seen since our last uh, conversation? I did the two-handed recording and listening, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why mm-hmm. I thought it was so complex, but it was so potent. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there's part of me that was like, I'm not sure if this is going to work. And then what it revealed to me was just so amazing. And um, kind of the biggest thing was um, in my left hand, I really recognized how much work I've been doing and what a good job I've been doing and um, that it's okay to be annoyed. And as soon as I owned that, it just felt so freeing. And the other thing is that I just um, really uh, recognized the, the lament, the loss of my family unit of four. Where we have two small children, and my husband and I, we were just, you know, kind of happily a family of four. And now it's um, kind of like we can't go do anything because somebody always has to be with mom. And um, mm-hmm. so I was just really recognizing that loss. But then also it, 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 it made me, it motivated me or I recognized that I, that I need to, I need to solve that problem. You know, I need to get, I, as this pandemic kind of is hopefully kind of resolving a bit, um, get more help and, um, you know, and get yeah. my family of four kind of yes. uh, time. Wow. Wow, Vanessa, unbelievable. That's the power of doing the practice, right? It's so you, crazy. You, you did. Yes, yeah. yes. And so you, the person who is, so the first thing that we see when we do something like this is the complexity of what's going on, right? It's just yeah. such a multi-layered composite of all kinds of stuff. And recording about it actually allows us to unpack the stuff, right? Yes. So when you're listening to this person who's going through all of this, and, 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 and what ego is, is just the top tip of the iceberg. You're annoyed, and what an awful human being you are that you're annoyed <laughs> at your mom. That's right. the, that is the sum total of the problem statement that you have to solve for, right? And then right. if you do the two, two-handed recording, there's just all of this depth and complexity you realize First of all, that there, it's been a tremendous uh, undertaking for you, and you've done so well, right? 
conditioning wants to reduce it to you get annoyed and that's the sum total of what you've done. But when you start to explore that, there is such a wealth of recognition of everything that this person has actually done for her mother, right? What she's done to, uh, to bring her home, to take care of her, to, uh, to be in this situation. And, and there's an acknowledgement of that. And there's an acknowledgement of accepting you for, for your experience, right? That's right, the, right. the ego would say you can't be annoyed. But to just have that loving, compassionate, conscious presence just acknowledge that it's all right, Vanessa. Whatever, however you are is a valid experience. Right. There's no judgment, right? So I got annoyed. Great. Now, and then to explore what lies behind the annoyance, which is a sense of loss. It's what you used to have that you no longer have. And then I just love it. Yes, now that I'm clear that that's what it's about, how do I make sure that, not, that nobody loses in this situation, right? Yes. Because that's what ego is going for. If your mom has to be taken care of, but at the expense of you and what you want. And right. you can come back and say, nope, not, not, not necessary. I can take care of my mom and I can take care of, uh, I can find a solution that's compassionate for all, that includes everybody. No one needs to be out of this situation. Right? I can have my yes. family of four and have that experience, and I can. And there are ways to do that. Let me go look for how to make it work. Exactly. Yeah, I think in July we might have family. <laughs> we might be able to be um, have some time as just the family of four. And mm-hmm. what was so impressive to me, as soon as I owned that feeling of annoyance, it um, to a certain extent it really kind of dropped away, and I've had such. Um, kind of more just just better positive heartwarming experiences with my mom in the last couple of days. So I mean, just it was just really sweet. Yes, because there's because acceptance of if if you're in acceptance, right, Vanessa? It's what we were talking about with right. Virginia. You can't ask a starving child to be generous. Right. So if what you were, uh, if you were in your head being subject to was the self-hatred that you're an awful human being because you were annoyed with your mother, how could you be accepting towards your mom? If you're in the process of acceptance, then acceptance is what you experience. If you're in the process of judgment and non-acceptance, that's what gets rejected, right? Mm-hmm. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and you have a, a process there, right? And I don't know this, right, as you get familiar with the two-hand, I mean, I, get, I, I have that experience a lot because I have a similar situation. And that annoyance, you, when, you, when you work with it, you realize all of the ways in which annoyance, which is what ego labels it as, has a complexity underneath. You might be tired or you know, had, a, had a, a, a really hard day and then you're being asked to give when you have nothing to give. Or there's just such a plethora of, uh, of experiences for a human being uh, that produce a reaction that's labeled unacceptable. Yes. And we're not allowed to have those. We're not allowed because it's just shut, you're, 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 you're a horrible person for being annoyed <laughs> with your mom. That's it. That's the diagnosis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's just so big, so powerful to see. Vanessa? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah. 
Was it more? I don't believe so. No. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Well, keep us in, keep us posted because I'm sure the workshop's going to evolve. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Gasho. Gasho. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Vanessa. And I really appreciate that calling back in, Ashwini, to update us on these fascinating situations because someone will call in and we'll, you know, we'll all listen in and be fascinated and then it's great to see, okay, what happened next? And, mm-hmm. um, and the power of the yeah. two-handed recording as well in that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. So there's a, you know, we touch on it and then there's so much, there's so much in every workshop for us to see, right, Michael? So it's, it's marvelous yes. that we get to process it and reprocess it and practice with it. Yes, 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 definitely. And to hear everybody else's practice also is uh, such a gift. Mm-hmm. And we have another caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? I cannot quite hear you. Sounds like you're far away. One second, sorry. Oh, now can you hear me? Can you hear me better? Okay, hi. So, uh, yes. um, Sorry, I I'm in a I'm in the hospital, so I'm trying to move around through noises and such. Um, Yeah, uh, there's um, I don't know. So since we talk about updates on things, a few times back I was talking about acceptance and uh, fear uh, because of my son being sick and he's back in the hospital. And um, I'm still working, meaning I'm still uh, trying to look at the fact that we are handling and that is taking care of it. At the same time, um, so, Stefania, right? I think I can hear you. I recognize your voice. I didn't hear your name. So, your son is sick and you're in the hospital. And could you say that part again about what you're looking at? Uh, acceptance. 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 Accepting it. Uh-huh. Accepting yeah. that, uh, that it happened again because mm-hmm. it's a thing that started two years ago that it was uh, okay for two years. And I would say, almost good and now he's back in the hospital and um, and it's only the first thing is like okay we are handling this and it's true in some ways or another we are handling but um, there is this thing about uh, trying to stay positive and because he's very young and it's going to be a chronic problem and uh, and we cannot change it. We can only handle what it hap- what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just called in to, I guess, to get some support. <laughs> mm. I, I'm, I'm missing a few words with, of what you were saying, Stefania, but it's like acceptance, right? So this is something that happened. And so the first step is at, at okay, well, this is what it is. We can't, we couldn't have, it, it's already happened, so what can we do with how it is rather than look at, oh, well, it should be different because we've just got to handle how it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. And uh, yeah, and also accepting how other people are able to handle it. You know, other people are having their own way of handling uh, with their mm -hmm. own weaknesses. And uh, you know, I tell myself, and I am accepting that I know there's a part of me that is not. And um, so, Stefania, let's talk a little bit about that, right? Because you know, there's a way in which I don't know when you say a part of it, part of you is not accepting it. Does it mean that uh, there's a part of you that wishes it wouldn't happen? It this didn't happen. Is that what you're what you mean by that? Yes. What do you mean by part of you doesn't accept it? Well, when I was thinking about part of me doesn't accept it, I meant other people' way of handling um, mm -hmm. the situation. Um, and definitely part of me hoping that the thing didn't happen. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just a very mix of yeah. different well, feelings. And so when you, very mix of feeling. Yes, absolutely, right? This is your son. You love him. He's going through something that uh, I, I project is, is, is hard and challenging and difficult. He's in the hospital at this particular time. And so I project, I project what you're saying is there's a lot of mixed feeling, right? There's, yeah. uh, uh, there's fear for his condition, fear for his future, uh, all that love, whatever he's going through, you don't want him to go through. And in, in some senses, the reason I asked that question, right, Sivanya, because acceptance does not mean that you don't have all of what goes with the situation, right? Acceptance doesn't mean that you're necessarily only having positive feelings. Yeah. Of course yeah. you don't want him to go through this painful process. You probably don't want anyone who you love or don't even know to go through what yes. your son is going through, right? That doesn't mean that, that you, so it's, it's a very powerful thing you said, it's happened. So let me deal with what's happening, right? So you, he's in the hospital, he's getting the care that he needs, whatever it is on a content level that you have to do to best support and assist him, you're doing that. And in that acceptance of what's going on for him is also everything that's going on for you as a result of what's going on for him that you want to accept. It's not, uh, you don't have to be an equanimous, oh, this doesn't affect me at all kind of uh, person. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so to allow yourself to have all of the feelings and experiences that go with, with that situation is true acceptance. It's unconditional acceptance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I think we were sharing a few weeks ago that said something like, and I was thinking about it, at the same time I feel like sharing with the people in the family seems like somehow um, an offense, like as if I'm not taking seriously this situation. But she said something like, um, you know, life is not a line. Life is, as a normal setting, is full of 
ups and downs and some tragedy in between, and that's normal in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, it really helped me to think that. But I do mm-hmm. know that I, uh, before this happened again, I was actually telling my son, and I felt like he didn't really agree with that <laughs> because he was feeling, uh, you know, the pain, the uh, issue with himself. So I don't know. I, I feel like I wish everybody would uh, um, be able to find the the thing that are working in this situation instead of feeling so down and so overwhelmed by it so that I can also in some ways let go of trying to keep up everything. Um, mm, I have. So, uh-huh. so I think I followed, let me make sure I reflect, right, uh, Stefanik, it's a little hard for me to hear you, that, there is, that what Sherry said was that life is not a straight line, it's full of undulations, right? So yeah. there's times when we feel good and times when we don't whether yeah. challenging situations and, and uh, plateaus, right? And so that allows us to, be, to give ourselves permission in some way that I don't have to be a flat line in my life. I, I feel up sometimes and I feel down sometimes, but, but that's, that's all right. It's, it's very much par for the course. And for you, part of what, uh, what uh, what you're experiencing is, I think I heard you say this, but everybody in your family, the, the different people in your family seem to, be, seem to be dealing with the situation in different ways, and that if everyone could just accept that the undulation, then you don't have to keep it together. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. 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 That somehow or the other, the role that you're being called to play is the person who is upbeat and uh, positive and uh, dealing with the situation while everyone else is feeling low yeah. and you, you wish you could also uh, uh, be allowed to have that experience. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Do you have, is it possible for you, Stefania, to be able to have that with your recorder, like that you, sure. you could sort of let go and just... Um, yeah. Not be together, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I was listening before about this. I've been doing uh, in the morning after meditation. I've been doing it, but I think I will uh, find uh, some time to to do it again. Yes. Yeah, especially yeah, you know, it's especially in those times where you feel like you couldn't. You, you, I can't do it for one more minute, right? You do it for one more minute and take a recorder to the bathroom and and have a meltdown. Yeah. or whatever it is that you need to have because, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes we're called to play that role because we can, and that doesn't mean we can't take care of ourselves in the process. Uh, yes, and, and again, the thing that comes up now is, yes, I can do that, and again, I need to accept that other people are being their own way and I cannot be affected how they handle it just sticking in the negativity and sitting in the negativity that is who they are and they need to figure it out the way that they can figure it out and that's right that's, that's absolutely right that is such a wise uh, wise uh, thing to that's such a powerful insight right that if yeah. other people are dealing with this in in, in uh, negative ways 
then it's not your responsibility to alter their experience. And if they, they don't see how that negativity is impacting you, then you change your relationship to that. You can't afford to listen to that negativity. So, so you, it's like ignoring the voices, right? Those are externalized voices and you just ignore them because it, it does, it's not helpful, right? It's not helpful. You realize it's not helpful. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, stay close, Stefania. If there's anything we can do to help, don't hesitate to reach out. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's it. Was there more? Oh. Hold on. I, I, no, she's there. I, I thought we were done, so I'm muted, but you're unmuted there, Stefania. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. As I was saying, I, thank you. I'm good. All right. Thank care. you. All right. Thanks for joining us, Stefania. And, um, yeah, Ashwin, it's, it's a real privilege to hear from Sangha and uh, what their experience is. And, um, mm -hmm. I can feel my heart go out for for yes. these situations. Oh my God, yes, really, really hard places that we we have to come up against. Yes, yes, yes. And Ashwini, that brings us to the top of the hour here. And uh, thank you for being with us tonight. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, Michael. Take yeah. care, everybody. Take care and go happy. Bye-bye.